0: Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. Today's show is titled, Who's Driving Our Life Anxiety or God? Last week, we talked about the importance of trust and how for us to truly trust in the Lord and see freedom with anxiety and depression, we need to be vulnerable and give everything to Him. I also shared. Brene Brown's Elements of Trust through the acronym BRAVING, and how when we've been hurt and experience pain from relationships, we can navigate through these elements and trust again. One thing I heard from the Lord after this was Matthew 10.3, where Jesus says, Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In the study Bible, the notes about this says that the humility of a child consists of childlike trust and vulnerability. So go back and check out the episode. Today, I'm going to be talking about anxiety. Who's driving our life, anxiety or God? Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. I have to be super vulnerable with you and honest and just let you know I have been feeling anxiety myself by launching this podcast. Anxiety is telling me that I'm not good enough as I am, that I need to strive and make every single episode perfect. Anxiety tells me that I need to have the next show ready and I won't do it well and no one will listen and I won't make an impact. Anxiety stops me from being present with my kids and it gets me on my phone. It stops me from being patient with myself and I hustle for worth. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Honestly, I don't feel qualified at all to do this podcast and I'm not but I know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. He works through me and he has qualified me because of what he did for me. You are qualified as well because of what he did for you. So Holy Spirit, I welcome you into the show today. We welcome you into the space, into the home, car, gym, wherever it is where the listener is at. I pray the listener will give you all of their worries and concerns right now and allow this moment to be between you, and them. I pray for the soils of their heart to soften and hear what I have to say. Prepare them, Lord, so they not only hear what you have to say about anxiety, but receive freedom. I declare the enemy has no right over our listeners and during this time that the Shalom peace of God that you desire for us will be experienced. I thank you for freedom and for peace. I pray that my mouth is a mouthpiece from heaven, and I speak your will for the listeners. I do not know how to heal the sick, but I know you are the one who does. It's not in my ability to pray. It's in your ability to answer. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs to it and is safe. I pray all of this in your mighty name. Amen. One of the things about language with anxiety is that we want to move away from saying my anxiety or I am anxious. We need to shift away from this and have it not be a part of who we are. Because it's not. I think we sometimes don't understand what we're doing when we're saying it, but the language is really important. The world has gotten really cozy with problems and diagnoses. The world makes it normal and that we can just accept it. Anxiety is not yours. It's not who you are. That is what the enemy wants. We need to recognize it's not our anxiety and it's not what God wants for us. And don't be offended at this. I want you to be open to this. We can't ignore lies that are keeping us stuck, and I'm going to get into that today. But if we declare the word of God and we still feel worry about our kids or our work and our family, we've got to dig a little deeper and we have to figure out why is that worry still there? Worry is a form of anxiety and we have to find the keys to knowing what are the lies and how do we get them unstuck? Being educated about anxiety can help us to having authority over it. So if you understand what anxiety is, you don't need to be intimidated by it. It's one of the things that i am passionate about is that pastors and people in churches are not intimidated by mental health that it's something that they know and can talk about and can help people with so i want to get some basics out there i'm not a fan of diagnosing i see each christian as whole and made in the image of god if you're wanting to use your insurance by going to counseling i do have to put a diagnosis down in the chart but what i will do is i'll tell my clients i'm putting this in your chart so we can bill insurance and to measure the change of the symptoms. What God says about you is more true, and that is how I will treat you and talk to you. Yes, I do need to identify the symptoms and make sure that they're not increasing, and I have to recognize that there's a pattern that's part of my job. So what is anxiety? Well, first of all, it just begins as ordinary day-to-day life situations that happen in our life, and in these life situations, these negative thoughts start to creep up. And then these negative thoughts become excessive and repeating that we partner with. The DSM is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual is what is used to diagnose mental health disorders. This is only to be used as a guide and to increase our authority over anxiety. I do not want you to see this as a Bible at all and something to say, oh my gosh, I have anxiety. No, I don't want you to do that. But this is a tool to know, okay, do I need to go get more help? Do I need to get some extra prayer or go to a doctor okay the the first one is that the person has excessive anxiety and worry that lasts for at least 6 months and impacts a number of events or activities so like work or school performance so it's something that impacts your life and you're struggling with because of the excessive anxiety and worry and then there's some symptoms that they talk about in here so like restlessness feeling keyed up or on edge, being easily fatigued, difficulty concentrating or your mind going blank, irritability, muscle tension, sleep disturbance. These are all symptoms of what generalized anxiety would be. And the biggest thing that I would say is that it causes significant distress in social areas, work areas, so family functions, You maybe don't want to go to them and it's consistent and it keeps happening. So you want to look at if these patterns are happening. There are other measures of anxiety disorders like panic disorder, PTSD, but I'm not going to get into that in the show. I would say that if you have a panic attack, that does not mean you have panic disorder. Okay. So just know that that just means you had a panic attack. Again, I share this with you. So this gives you increased authority over anxiety. Our victory is in Jesus not what we feel, okay? And what we feel is impacted by our thoughts. So I wanna share about these thoughts and that they're lies and they can repeat and we can get into this pattern in our life. When we have life changes like COVID or school changes or job changes, whatever maybe COVID has thrown at you, we can allow these negative thoughts over these experiences to repeat. They take over and that's we think that's how it's always gonna be. And these thoughts go from one little thought to a bigger thought And a bigger thought than that. And we want to recognize these thoughts. And so I want to just kind of talk about how we can take hold of these thoughts. We can do something about these lies or thoughts that tell us these incorrect things about ourselves and they create walls against other people. The cognitive triangle is a good visual. So you can actually Google it to see what it looks like. And it gives us the correlation between our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Okay, so our thoughts create feelings, those feelings create behaviors, and then those. Behaviors create more thoughts. So it's a cycle that keeps happening. So, for example, if I act like this, it must be who I am. And this is not so. This is a lie. What God says about you is true and is who you are. So, we have to break through these patterns and make a change. So, if we're believing the lies, our behaviors will be harmful. If we continue this pattern, then it's this downward spiral. Breaking lies is merely acknowledging an unhealthy and untruthful thought. We can then invite helpful thoughts back in. Invite the Holy Spirit in so that we can have healthy feelings and behavior. Philippians 4, 8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when we start to think truthful thoughts about ourself, we feel healthy feelings and we have healthy behavior. Walls we'll start to come down and we become more and more the identity that Jesus created us to be. So what if you feel like you hear me and you're like, but I just can't help it. The thoughts just seem to take over. Well, there could then be a stronghold with a root or a legal right. This usually is done from trauma that has been done to us, sin that could have been done to us or sin that we continue to have. And then we just kind of partner with it by agreeing. And this, you guys, the enemy works really subtle. We don't always know when this is happening. And we have people around us that just tell us it's normal, it's no big deal. It's very hard for us to see what God wants us to see. So for example, if you have experienced abuse as a child, and when this happens, you don't understand that it's my fault is a lie, then you live your life as an adult with it's my fault. And it impacts your marriage and other relationships in ways that you can't really see that it's happening. And then it can bring another lie of I'm not worthy, because if I was worthy, then the abuse wouldn't have happened. And so that just keeps kind of spiraling down. If I wasn't good enough, the abuse wouldn't have happened. And you might think you were a little kid, you don't know if you were in a little kid, but when it happens to you and it's in your life, you don't have the lens and the ability to see outside of the box. But Jesus does. He died for us to live free. And sometimes the cloud of trauma and lies doesn't allow us to accept what Jesus did for us to fully live in what he can do through us. You know where we hold these lies? In our body. Do you ever get stomach aches or headaches seemingly for no reason? Well, they could be tied from these memories of trauma or experiences that have been very difficult. We can access them by asking the Holy Spirit, when was the first time I learned to feel this way? And then allow the Holy Spirit to bring you back to the root of the memory you first learn that and then say, what lie am I believing? Or what does this make me believe about myself? Now I'm stepping into trauma territory. So if you are getting really triggered as I'm talking, it's okay. And I want you to be gentle with yourself, but I'd advise for you to talk with a counselor. Don't try to do it on your own and think you have to muscle through this. That's not how God designed us to be. He designed us to be in fellowship and to be vulnerable with each other. I've done this myself, okay? I'm a counselor and I will continue to do this. I've never arrived. So there's no shame in that. And you have to remember, it's not your fault. You didn't cause that to happen. This is what the enemy does, okay? I don't want you to scare you into thinking you can do this either. I also want you to step forward and be like, yes, I can do this. I can identify these lies and I can have victory over this. You can do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. God is with us. He never leaves us. And he is the healer through these deep memories. We have to let him in though first. So right now I just want to pray and I just want to break off any lies that have been spoken over you intentionally or unintentionally. I pray for healing over trauma that you have experienced at any age, even if it's currently happening. I break off the shame and guilt that's come off from these lies or trauma, and I declare that you are worthy and valuable in the name of Jesus. I pray for the soil of your heart to soften to hear what Jesus has to say about you, and that becomes the deep root of your identity. Amen. Often what I will see is that people will say, oh, I'm fine, or I had a great childhood. Because they don't wanna open up a can of worms and they really are like, I'm good, I'm fine. And that the problem when we do this is that we're limiting God, we're limiting what God can do because we're allowing a lie to keep us small. And pretending that you don't see it doesn't make it go away. And then when we resist these issues, we don't accept prayers like what I just prayed. Honestly, you guys, I did this myself. I totally was like this. I'm like, I'm good, I'm a therapist, I've done my own work, I'm good. And then I would get frustrated with my husband or impatient with my children. And then I was like, okay, God, you're showing me something here. I have a behavior that isn't what you want me to have. What am I doing? And he showed me I'm not feeling worthy. Well, why am I not feeling worthy? I get frustrated, but he showed me little memories and little things that really are not a huge deal. I had wonderful parents, great childhood, but they're also imperfect. And so it's important for us to be able to just go there and break it. We don't need to spend years and years of processing through this, but we've got to be able to be quicker at identifying them and saying, no, I'm not going to partner with that. I am worthy. I am enough. Okay. And the other things we can have this internal, I am good pride thing that some of us do. And so it keeps God away. So you want to allow yourself to be vulnerable right now and continuously through your life, give God the stuff you don't understand and you don't need to understand. I wanna share something that Brene Brown says about anxiety. I talked about her before in other shows, but she's a social worker and a researcher. And she says that when we fall, so when we have kind of like a failure, we will actually start to get anxious and we feel anxiety. We have different patterns of ways of coping with anxiety. And one of the things that she talks about is that we will underfunction and overfunction. Underfunctioning is where we become less confident under stress, we let others take over, we can be late where we might look irresponsible and we actually get less helpful. And overfunctioning is where you give advice and you try to rescue and you micromanage and we know what's best for everyone and we don't know what's best for ourselves and we become controlling. And so I share this as another key for you to recognize, oh, is anxiety showing up? I'm becoming controlling. We don't wanna feel shame about it. We just wanna say, Lord, thank you for showing this to me. I give this to you. Help me not to be controlling. A lot of times oldest children are overfunctioners. You might kind of be this protector. And what happens in families, there's these patterns that happen that parents don't even realize that they do. But let's say an older child is an overfunctioner and the under child maybe is an underfunctioner. And when there's something that needs to get done, and like it needs to get done now, the parents might say to the younger sibling, Oh, don't worry about it. We'll send your older sister. And what this does is there's a message that is sent to that youngest child. I can't handle things. I can't make my own decisions. And again, it's not intentional. This is all unintentional stuff, but there's a lie that can get in there that we can't handle it if you are that underfunctioner, or younger child. And so it's important to be able to know how do you function under stress and to be aware of it and just kind of name it and get it out there. When you do that, it gives the enemy less power. You have victory over it because you're saying, yep, this is what I do sometimes and I'm giving it to God. So he does not have power over it. You do. Another thing that Brene says about anxiety is that it's actually rarely a function of an individual. It's a lot of times a group problem. So when you're around anxious people, you become anxious and it's contagious. And so what we need to do as Christians, we need to shift the atmosphere around us. I recommend Donna DeSilva's book, Shifting Atmospheres. She explains that the best way to learn the strategy is to kind of think about how a radio station works in your car, and each station has its own list of songs. Some stations have loud music and lyrics full of violence, and other stations have mellow and relaxing love songs. When we tune to a station we don't like, you simply change the channel. This is similar to when we can pick up enemy broadcasts or someone else's anxiety. What we need to do is to learn to discern and change the channel and see what God wants us to release into the atmosphere instead. So you can ask Holy Spirit, see what he says to release. He might say, release the shalom peace of God into the room and see what's happening in your mind. But we need to be the leaders of this. We need to be the thermostats, not the thermometers. So we have to not recognize that somebody else's anxiety is yours. And I would say to you, I think a lot of you think that you have anxiety, but it's actually not yours it's the people around you. And so I would really encourage you to shift that in your mind and start releasing the shalom peace of God to that other person, to your family or whoever it is that you are recognizing that in. You don't want to go to them and say, well, I listened to this podcast and I think that you have anxiety. I do not. No, <laughs> I do not encourage you to do that. Just start releasing the peace and start encouraging that other person and saying, wow, I really feel like you're a very peaceful person. So we want to release the opposite and say the opposite. I have a friend who used to really struggle with anxiety. First Corinthians 2, 12 through 13 was really helpful to her. So I want to read it to you. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. The next 14 through 16 continues, but a natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one for who has known the mind of Christ that he will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So my friend was able to identify that God always came through for her and that she is his child. She lives in his kingdom. So you can say these things with your mouth, but then it needs to get settled in your heart. Because when it's settling in your heart, this is where that verse 16 says, but we have the mind of Christ. The human spirit says, this anxiety is taking over me. My husband's a jerk. I'm going to lose my job. I can't fall asleep. But the truth is that Jesus took care of anxiety, took care of your husband, your sleep, whatever it is, 2,000 years ago. And when you give your life to Jesus, he is now driving your life. Anxiety cannot. You might feel like it is, but that is not who you are. And that's not the identity that Christ has given you. I want to end the show kind of with a summary of six things that we can do to access the shalom peace in our lives to allow God to drive our life and not anxiety. The first one is, number one, is to declare the word of God. I just was talking about this. Read it, breathe it, and make it be your life. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Don't want you to get overwhelmed if you don't know a lot. It really is not about that. It's about knowing some a verse intimately than to actually have the whole Bible memorized. I think some people you know, like the Pharisees knew a lot, but there wasn't intimacy with God. And so even just knowing one verse really well and have it really connect with your spirit is more impactful than having a lot of verses memorized. So the more you taste and see the Lord is good, the more the Holy Spirit becomes your friend and guide. Number two is that you want to understand your growth areas, triggers, pray about them and go after healing. John Maxwell said, You can't know where you're going if you don't know where you're at. So you can ask yourself, Do I overfunction? Do I underfunction? Do you withdraw or do you pursue? Do you numb yourself or do you strive for perfection? You want to recognize it. Turn these over to God. You don't want to feel bad about it. Just say, Yep, yep, this is what I do sometimes. But this doesn't mean this is who I am. And so you go back and you declare what God says. Triggers and hidden hooks can be trauma get therapy, get outside prayer, and get outside help. I know some people go back and forth with the medication conversation. What I believe, and again, I don't prescribe medication, but this is just what I have experienced is that I do think that God uses medication for a time and it absolutely can be a gift. However, we do need to have therapy at the same time so you can increase the ability to feel your feelings and not get so triggered like you used to. So you need to dive in and do the work at the same time. Number three is feel your feelings. Don't avoid them. Whether it be hurt, fear, sadness, loneliness, happiness, anger, etc., whatever it is. Allow yourself to feel. When we avoid them, it bottles up and this is how lies start to build and get their little roots sunk in us. They kind of get squeezed and distorted. Then when we feel the feelings, then they won't hijack us. We're more equipped when they show up again. You know how sometimes you feel a feeling and you're shocked and your body kind of gets in this like shocked place? It's because we haven't allowed ourselves to feel those feelings the way that God intends for them. Feelings are good. So one practice you can do is invite the Holy Spirit in and say, okay, show me hurt and just allow yourself to feel the hurt. Maybe see people hurt in your life and pray for them. Say, God, what do you want me to do with these hurt feelings? I'm hurt. I'm sad. And pray about it. But you're allowing the Holy Spirit to be in it with you to show you the purpose of hurt is so that you can then turn it and pray the prayers that He wants you to pray. Okay, the same thing with sadness or loneliness. Again, He doesn't want you to stay in it, but let's give it to Him and ask Him what He has in replace. So number four is have a healthy lifestyle consistently consistently is the key. So this means prayer and worship daily, drink lots of water, stay away from energy drinks, excessive pop and soda, alcohol, or tobacco exercise. Your body needs this. Eat healthy, get good sleep. Okay. All of this impacts your body and your brain and increases you to be in that shalom peace. And that if there is something that would have triggered you in the past, You won't be as triggered because you're taking care of yourself consistently. And again, I don't want you to strive for this. Let's say you pray five minutes a day for one day. That's a start. You can work up to four days. Don't beat yourself up. However, find the grace to have that consistency. So number five is know your identity as a son or daughter of Christ. This is one of the most important things. And honestly, I didn't really get this, but everything else I just mentioned helps you from this place. If you can identify this and really walking this identity. And what this means is you almost like give God everything. And he's just saying, you're enough just as you are being my son or daughter. And then we have our children and then we have our spouses and our jobs and everything else. But this is where it starts. And we pray from heaven. You are seated in heavenly places We don't focus on the problem, it's from the solution. So our mindset is from the solution, heaven focused eyesight, okay? And number six is notice what Jesus is doing and thank him. Thankfulness is the soil for increase. If you have one moment where your heart didn't start beating around a group of people, and normally it does because that anxiety says, you can't handle all these people, thank God for that one moment. God is driving your life here not anxiety, even if it's for a moment, and he will grow these moments when you acknowledge them and thank him for it. So I I want you to just take some deep breaths, okay? Take some deep breaths, and I want you to just see the shalom peace of God coming over your whole body. Deep breath in and deep breath out, and I just want you to see this peace coming in and through you from the tip of your head all the way to your feet. I want you to see all worries, concerns, anxieties, and lies just falling away to the side. See these worries going to the cross and Jesus taking them for you. If any of you felt a sense of pain because of something was exposed from this episode, I pray an opportunity for you to be ministered to, a divine appointment to bring healing, and that this pain will be turned to God. God, we thank you for bringing truth out into the open so that we can give it to you. Jesus says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I feel that God's saying, thank you for giving me these gifts. They are treasures to me because it's in your heart. Now I want you to ask Holy Spirit what he has for you in return of giving him your worries. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, what do you have to give me? What do you have in replace of this? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for opening our eyes to the new things of God. That may not look like what we're used to. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving us the shalom peace of God, and that Philippians 4 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I thank you for renewal, for fresh energy and hope, for freedom. I declare that God is driving each one of your life, not anxiety. I plead the blood of Jesus over every single listener, because Jesus' blood healed us everything 2,000 years ago. There's power in the name of Jesus and victory is ours because of him. And we give you all the glory and the honor, Lord. Amen. I will be doing weekly shows on many different topics and I have guests on with Encouraging Stories of Hope every other Thursdays. This week we have Yvonne Rempel and she will be sharing her story of overcoming bipolar disorder through a 10-year period of time you don't want to miss this. Check it out this Thursday. Make sure to go back and check out the other past shows and subscribe to our channel and rate the show. If you want to know more about me, my counseling website is bridginghopecounseling.com and my personal website is Heidi Mortensen lmft.com. I'm also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I would encourage you to go to the contact section on my website and share testimonies with me from the show feedback and future show topics and questions that you have. Seriously, I want to know what you want to hear about. Send me a message. Make sure to check out charisma media. Who's the network that I'm doing this podcast through. Make sure to download their free app with the link through the show notes and also go get their amazing books in their bookstore. They have a lot of awesome deals and I would highly recommend that you check that out. When you download the app and make a purchase on the link, you help support this podcast. So thanks so much for listening and we'll see you on the next show. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.